Welcome to Nana Tings. Good morning and happy fucking new year. It is 2023. Well, January 2nd, 2023. So fresh off the start. Um, yeah, so I was home last week seeing my mom, my brother, and some friends, and it was cute and everything, but I wasn't able to uh, record my recap. Uh, every year I like to record a, I like to do two recaps. I like to do on my birthday where, you know, that, that year around Saturn, I'm like, the rings of Saturn, I'm like, what did I learn? How have I grown? And then I like to do one at the end of the year. Granted, my birthday is close to the end of the year, it's October 20th, but, um, yeah let's just get into some things and talk about the year and also i also want to talk about um why i'm such a marilyn monroe stan and why the movie blonde just wasn't it <laughs> but before i get into that let me play some ads and all those things and grab your champagne because it's the new year honestly we're detoxing grab your water and weed whatever the fuck you want and enjoy the ride Hey everyone, I just want to say I have three books out right now and I appreciate the support from all of you, from everyone that got my first book, Falling Androids in Phoenix, to my second, Romance in a Mono Road, and my current third, Baby, Antonio's Return. Check it out at Barnes & Noble and also Amazon. You can easily just search my name, Antonio Laranzo, L-I-R-A-N-Z-O, and go get a copy, review it, love it, share it, and all the teens, okay? <music> Okay, 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 so 2022 was quite the year for me. Um, <laughs> I started in Aruba, which was, like, fucking amazing, going there for New Year's and just having really chill New Year's with my friend Steph and, you know, tanning, doing her thing, whatever. And then February was pretty chill. Oh, and in January, I also went to the Royal Rumble. Anyone that knows me knows I'm a huge WWE fan, um, professional wrestling fan in general, actually. But, um... It was so cool. Sasha Banks, my girl, returns number one. Melina returns number two. The Bella Twins returns. Brie Bella got her revenge on Nikki. It was a whole vibe. February was, like, pretty chill. Um, not a lot going on, but I did make a big decision. Um, I decided that on March 8th, 2022, I was going to move to LA. Now, I have covered this in podcasts and articles before, but just a quick reminder, I have been wanting to go to LA since I was 18 years old. I remember just, like thinking, oh my god, like, acting and modeling and dancing and singing and this is stardom and da-da-da. But, of course, the fear and anxiety of moving cross-country, not having family and friends really got to me and had me sort of, you know, it had me push back my dreams for 12 years. Um, and then I randomly, this, well, for the past few years, I've been getting this feeling since, like, 20, 2019, pre-pandemic, being like, go now go now, you know, and then the pandemic happened, and then I was like, okay, I was supposed to move in 2020, but I'll wait, you know, 2021, I'll be back home with my mom, save up money for LA, and then I just pulled the trigger in 2022, and was like, I'm, if I don't go now and force myself and just do it, I'm never gonna do it, so I fucking did it, <laughs> um, I brought my cat Onyx with me just to keep me sane for the first five weeks, she's back home with my mom, because she's my mom's cat technically, granted I have a huge bond with her, and spending Christmas with her was so amazing, and I know she misses me, and I miss her, um, but yeah, I, she helped me so much. April was wild, right? At March and April, I'm trying to get my footing in LA. I'm trying to get jobs, all this shit, figuring out, figuring out the dating scene and friends scene in LA. You know, everyone lives far from each other. You know, it was just a lot trying to drive, make plans. I was just 
all around going a little cray cray. Um, and then May, you know, I started getting my, you know, my, my footing going in LA. I started to book some acting work. I got signed to an agency. I started to create this world that I wanted for myself in LA and, and in my thirties. Um, and then June was great. I had a really great summer. I got to go back to New York for Pride. I got to do Fire Island. Uh, July was cute also. Now, August was a really big month for me. August, um, I, yeah, I went to Palm Springs for the first time, which is amazing. But I met the love of my life. <laughs> so right after Palm Springs, I am on Bumble, and my first match was Brian. And ever since then, it's been history. You know, five months later, here we are. Um, we're so new to each other, you know. It's only five months, but it's been quite the ride. Um, I never thought... Well, I had... Okay, so I had, like, a vision. And I went to this, like, psychic healer and, and teller right before I moved in February in the village of New York. And she said, like, yeah, you're going to meet... Um, someone you know you're gonna have your life partner in california and and before she even said that there was moments that i would have meditation visions right and and this feeling that like my partner is waiting for me in california so i think it's really really wild that that fell into place um yeah so that happened magically and it's been so nice i've been doing things i've always wanted to do here like visiting places maryland has been um dancing more. I've been dancing at Playground a lot. I, I have a really amazing dance crew and dance family out here. I started singing again. I, uh, I'm i just so excited for like the work that's going to come this year. It makes me so fucking happy. I turned 31 in October. Um, Brian and I went to Nice, Bola Monaco, and Milan. I got to show him Italy a little bit. Uh, we need to go back and stay there more. But um, yeah, and then ending the year, you know, it was a lot of holidays, celebrating, um, really working on myself and Brian and I, just, you know, seeing how we, we do want to last. We want to be together. And it's really working on ourselves and, and seeing what our boundaries are, but also what our foundation is, you know? How do we work to support each other and to grow as humans? And for me, that is what 2022 was, right? It was how... Can I be a better human? How can I be a better artist? How can I not be in my way of sabotaging any of that, you know? Because we all have a little inner saboteur and we all have our shadow self that we have to fight a lot. And I think I have difficulty sometimes with that where I'm like, I get in my head, you know what I mean? Or my inner saboteur comes out. And I'm at a point now where I'm really working on responding and not reacting and obviously easier said than done because when you're in the heat of the moment about something, you want to react right away, right? Or your inner child wants to have their showed up and have the defense mechanism going. And for me, I really want to work on that because I want to be a better partner. I want to be a better person. You know, I want to be a better artist. And um, I'm really excited for this coming year. You know, I'm not really big on the whole, like, New Year's thing where it's like, go to the gym, get fit, do this, like... I believe that the new year is just a clean slate. It's a restart for yourself. If you're into resolutions, great. But I think society, you know, puts pressure on us to be like, I got to make a checklist. I got to get this. Like, no. If you're content in where you are and you just want to grow, that is a beautiful resolution. Yeah. 
So honestly, for me, my resolution is to continue owning my mental health. Uh, you know, I, I want to, you know, own my sensitivities and being a highly sensitive human and not reacting. A part of that, too, is like I want to protect my sensitivity. I want to be able to say no more. I want to be able to sleep when I want to sleep. I want to be able to, you know, if I'm getting overstimulated and triggered as a highly sensitive person, I want to be able to have those moments of alone time, right? Um, I also want to create more art. I'm really excited to drop some music this year and, and another book and, and dance more and really just show the world who Antonio is and represent that like you can be from a small town and come from nothing and you can make something of yourself. And that for me, that is what I'm representing. Um, and those are it. Like honestly, really simple resolutions. Um, I guess another one to add on while I'm thinking about re recording this is just come from a place of love. Right, and th this ties in with the whole like reacting and protecting my highly sensitive like self. Where, as long as I could just come, even in a moment of reactivity from love, it can calm someone down quicker, and that's really important. And like Beyonce says in "Break My Soul," I fell in love and I just quit my job. <laughs> I think the big one of the biggest things I did this year um, was I left Apple. Yeah, I worked there for five years uh, at the World Trade Center and then was doing at-home stuff for because of the pandemic for the past two years. And it just started draining me and it was draining my creativity and killing my vibe. And I finally in July was like, you know what? The universe has my back. I always preach this. So like, why am I not actually doing it? And I'm going to just fucking quit even if I don't have a backup plan. And just how I was able to move out here without a backup plan, I can do the same thing. And I did it. And now I am a fucking full-time artist. And that is so amazing because I was manifesting... All of early 2022 and 2021, I want to be a full-time successful artist. Full-time successful artist, you know, kept manifesting myself. And I did it. Fuck it. Believe in your fucking self. But yes. <laughs> I had to save my girls for the ending. This year I became a dad. <laughs> so like I mentioned, I had Onyx, right? Like technically Onyx and Ori are my mom's cats. But Onyx and I have a really fucking close bond. I, I love that cat. Um... But I adopted two girls about three months ago, Sasha and Banks, of course, named after my favorite wrestler, Sasha Banks. They are sisters from the same litter, and they have brought me so much joy into this life. What a beautiful way to have the last part of New Year of, um, <laughs> of New Year's, the last part of the year, you know, finding my the man of my dreams, really settling in L.A., turning 31, traveling the world and getting my cats and for me you know it's just so beautiful I'm, I'm happy i get to raise them they're only six months old i got them when they were four months um they're a little pain in the ass because they're their babies like ruining my apartment but it's so fucking worth it no not when they shit the bathroom though but <laughs> but they do bring so much joy and um yeah i'm really looking forward to 2023 being really the year of owning my creativity and owning my sensitivity Point blank and simple. Okay, but now the next segment is totally different than resolutions. We're going to get into a movie that really has me feeling shook. And my idol, Marilyn, one of the reasons why I moved to L.A. Okay, so y'all know I'm a huge Marilyn Monroe fan. I have been for fucking ever. And one thing that I did not like in 2022 was the movie Blondes. Now, don't get me wrong. Anna Del Armas fucking killed it she ate the roles sounded like her looks like her everything now the director is a different story he has a history of 
being a little misogynistic and even said that he cast it on him because he saw her topless in a another uh, movie. Crazy shit like that. And then he saw that like the world only saw Marilyn as a sex symbol and, and trauma, so that's why he filmed Blonde the way he did. And I'm like... There's more than just that. Like, I get that Marilyn had a traumatic life. You know, a lot of us, a lot of, all humans have gone through trauma. But to make a two-hour film where it is just, like, her fucking abortions, like, like the abortion scene was literally insane. Like, I think it was, like, five or six minutes long. It was way too long. Um, and just, like, rape and it, it just, you know, this poor woman. And Marilyn did go through a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong, though. Some of this shit in the movie were lies, though. Like, she never had a three-way relationship. Um, she wasn't just saying... She wasn't fucking to get jobs. Um, it's it's just wild the way they were, they presented her. I, I hope in the future someone can make an actual Marilyn movie of, like, Marilyn winning her first Golden Globe and Marilyn making her production team and Marilyn kicking ass and being that badass bitch as she is. Like... Marilyn was a good actress and a good singer and a, a beautiful woman. So where is the praise on that? So I just want to go down a little lane as to why I love Marilyn Monroe and some iconic things that she's done that maybe some of you listeners don't know she's done. So, for example, she created the Marilyn Monroe image. Now, we all know Norma Jean had like an erupt and abusive childhood, being a survivor of sexual abuse in her early 20s and having a marriage at the age of 16. But she knew it was time to live her dreams. She signs with a model agency in the 40s, ditched her first hus husband, because she did get married when she was younger, by the way, um, dyed her hair, and took on the name Marilyn Monroe with the help of 20th Century Fox executive Beth Lyon. Which, Marilyn did say she wanted Anne Monroe to her name to pay tribute to her mother's maiden name. But, you know, she was a woman with a big mission and needed no one's permission. And I recently found out that in 1947, Marilyn posed her photos of her reading children books and changing diapers to sell the G-rated version of herself as an orphan good girl chasing her dreams. And that is a smart businesswoman right there. She knew what she had to do to make it big. Okay? She knew how Hollywood wanted this, like, G-rated woman. And she knew, like, listen, I'm going to give you a fucking PR stunt, you know? Now, I want to say breaking her contract and knowing her worth. So after a few films around in the 50s, this is what happened. I personally think the most iconic thing that Marilyn did was challenging Fox Studios and breaking her contract in 1954. She was ahead of her time and started to change. She challenged the studio system when back then the studios had full control over their stars. Obviously it was a male-dominated environment, until today we see shades of that, and Marilyn was the first to challenge it. Marilyn felt that the roles that were given to her were beneath her as an actress and she wanted to do better and bigger projects. She also wanted to get paid better. After the success of Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, hashtag iconic, in 1953, and after finishing The Seven Year Itch, which also hashtag iconic, in 1954, Marilyn moved to New York City and stayed with her good friend Milton Green, which, amazing photographer, and his family. What's great is that they refined her image with amazing photos and new acting classes. Marilyn went to study method acting with Lee Strasberg at the Actor Studio in 1955. Marilyn wanted to put her all into her craft as an artist, which inspires me so much personally. But what I love is Monroe and Green decided to create the Marilyn Monroe Productions and finally challenged the studio system. Marilyn was ahead of her time and isn't celebrated enough on how she fought back when these studios tried to control her. So in 1957, her new production company produced her first movie, The Prince and the Showgirl, which also hashtag iconic. <laughs> um, with that matching is higher pay. So we all know that what, till today, which is sad, women do get paid less than men in, in a lot of different areas of work. 
And I think she was so progressive in the 50s to do this. So let me tell you this little story, which I also discovered recently being her fan. I was like, oh, she actually clapped back. So before Marilyn started her own production company, what led to this decision was what happened in 1954 after Gentlemen Preferred Blondes. Which you all know she is the blonde. I mean, I love that she challenged Jane Russell on the side, by the way, because Jane Russell was making more than her, and she was like, fuck that. But Marilyn was starring in The Girl in Pink Tights with Frank Sinatra. Marilyn one day found out that Frank was making three times her salary, so in an iconic fashion, Marilyn walked upset and refused to return. Fox Studios suspended Marilyn, so what did Marilyn do? The Queen? Of course, she went on to marry DiMaggio that year, had shoots of paparazzi and photographers, made it a vacation she deserved. And to top it off, Marilyn did her own press in Korea for the troops. I mean, she had Fox by their fucking necks. And publicity this woman was creating would make Fox realize that they cannot mess with Miss Monroe. The studio dropped the requirement of her being in the girl in the pink tights and placed her in the iconic The Seven Year Itch with a pay bonus to go with it. Now, I gotta drink some of this coffee because, girl... I am fuming because you see how iconic she is already? Like, anyways, I'm going to get into the whole casting couch situation because this shit's crazy. So, you guys know the whole story of, like, you know, Hollywood, casting couch, like, doing a blowjob or a sexual favor in order to get a role. And so, Marilyn did have a moment of speaking about it um, in, in an interview, and this is what happened. So, in Hollywood, back then and even now... We know about those stories of like starts being forced to perform sexual actions and for big film bosses to get their career started. And this was primarily huge in the 50s. So there was an article called Wolves I Have Known that was co-written by Marilyn Monroe where she wrote, The first real wolf I encountered should have been ashamed of himself because he was trying to take advantage of a mere kid. He gave me a script and read and told me how to pose while reading it. All the poses had to be reclining, although the words I was reading didn't seem to call for that position. Now... Marilyn didn't state any names, but she was a part of this culture that was able to get out of some situations. But to also state this when she was on a rise and could have risked her career was an amazing moment for her as a woman in this era. She was ready to speak up and state behavior of these perverts. And it's true, though, because back then, even if you spoke a sentence, right, you would be blackballed into something. So another... Iconic thing I think Miss Monroe did is owning her new photos. So... Let me just tell you this quick story, because I don't think a lot of people know about this either. But in 1953, Playboy published Marilyn's nudes without her permission. Marilyn could have lost her career, but she turned around the narrative. So on March 13th, 1952, Marilyn decided to have an interview about her nudes with Alan Mosby before they were even leaked to the public. Now, these photos were from a photo shoot in 1949 where Marilyn needed money to pay rent and eat, right? So Hugh Hefner, being obsessed with Marilyn, actually acquired the rights and without her permission, took the photos from the photographer and made it the for one of the first covers. Insane, though, like, without her consent. But, you know, you know how men are. So, an iconic response to the leaked shoot in the interview that she had with um, Aline, Marilyn said, I was broken into money. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe's response in 1949 from her interview was just so iconic. And she obviously has talked about more, Um Here's another quote while I'm actually like reading the article because I just think it's so amazing. She goes, I was told I should deny it and I post, but I'd rather be honest about it. I've gotten a lot of fan letters on it. The men like the pictures and want copies. The woman, well, dot, dot, dot. Um, I think she played it off so well in the sense of like, yeah, I was nude. I was broke um, in the 40s in LA, had nowhere to go. And like, yeah, she had to make money. Like, a woman's body is, is her choice. If she wanted to fucking do something classy and tasty, good for her. 
But Marilyn yet demonstrates on how she was ahead of her time and was not afraid to challenge these men that try to shame her for her nudity. Now, we all, you know, know influencer and, you know, TikTok, Instagram culture, all this shit. I personally think that, like, if Marilyn had Instagram back then, she would have millions of followers because she is the original influencer. So check this out. Marilyn was known for creating this uber-sexy enigma aura of hers whenever she went to parties and networked. She realized people wanted to take photos of her. So she would conjure up different themes and ideas, especially with Milton Green and play up her brand. I mean, do I even have to explain the iconic moment of the seven-year itch? She created the sexy movie star character to match her character that she was playing and really blurred the lines of kayfabe. Showing up late to parties and leaving early when needed created this amazing enigma for her. People wanted more. One of her best examples of making the most out of a moment was in 1949 during her summer promo tour for Love Happy. Marilyn visited New York City for the first time ever. Thinking it would be cooler outside, she wore a wool jacket and hat. She was sweating. Instead of buying, you know, cooler clothing, she made a whole shoot based on this outfit. She posed with an ice cream cone, fanning herself, and showed that she's the hottest and smartest baddie in the game. People started flocking, and the photo shoot went viral. Well, what viral could be in the 40s and 50s. But she would do these little stunts to get press. I mean, I just talked about it earlier with, like, going to Korea and singing for the troops on her, like, fuck you, Fox studio tour. She is slash was the original influencer. Now, y'all may know the story about Ella Fitzgerald, the amazing jazz singer, and Marilyn. So this is one of the last things I'm going to talk about, why she's just so fucking iconic. I mean, the list can go on, but I also do love this story. So, Ella Fitzgerald was an American jazz singer and super talented. One of the most popular music venues in the 1950s in Hollywood, Mocambo, wouldn't let Ella sing. So, Marilyn took it upon herself to call the owner of Mocambo, Charlie, and informed him that Ella is to play for a week. Marilyn also stated that if Ella were to sing, she would attend every day and sit at the front table, which would bring in major press for the club. This was crucial for Ella, having a huge club on her resume would do wonders. Once Charlie said yes, Marilyn kept her promise and was there every night at the front table. Here's a famous quote about Marilyn from Ella. I owe Marilyn Monroe a real debt. She personally called the owner of Macombo and told him she wanted me to be booked immediately. And if he would do it, she would take a front table every night. She told him. And it was true. Due to Marilyn's superstar status, that the press would go wild. The owner said yes, and Marilyn was there at front table every night. The press went overboard. After that, I never had to play a small jazz club again. She was an unusual woman, a little ahead of her times, and she didn't know it. That is straight from Ella. And we love women supporting women, especially back then. This is another example of how Marilyn was ahead of her time. And these are things that I want to talk about Marilyn, okay? She wasn't a woman that was just having sex and lost in the world. She was a smart woman. But, you know, with misogyny, we, we, this culture puts women in a box, especially back then when there wasn't the Me Too movement or, or there wasn't this power of, like, taking back your voice and narrative, Right? People thought pretty blonde woman with tits and ass, she is a hoe. Like, it is so fucked up. Like, no. And I hope this podcast, you know, segment shines some light on how amazing Marilyn is slash was. Because I truly, her spirit is so alive and I feel like she still is here. She truly changed Hollywood and challenged a lot of higher ups. She was ahead of her time and it is sad that she went way too soon. But she will forever be iconic. And diamonds are our girl's best friend, and she is the shiniest one. Yeah. I just, I, you know, had to make it poetic at the end. But yeah, and like, I mean, I could have a whole other podcast on why I think she's she was murdered. Because, actually, I am probably going to make an episode about that. Because, also, 
she was. I mean, there's all these reports of like when they did the autopsy that they found no pills or residue in her body. And the way she was turned over and bruised with a broken rib cage and nose and vomit, like taking pills, she would not have been flipped over like that. And there's neighbors that reported several cars and seeing Robert Kennedy leave her place before the ambulance was called. Also, the ambulance was called twice. It was called once before. I don't know the exact time. I have to like look up in like my archives that I have about it because I read I read this about this like years ago and I have so much knowledge on it. But they, I guess they thought she wasn't dead yet, so they sent the ambulance back and then they recalled it. I'm sorry, but to me, that is just like call me a conspiracy theorist. But like, I you like. It, and you can't just ignore that. That's a fucking major red flag right there. And and she was challenging a lot of higher-ups, you know? She was ch- challenging JFK, RFK, um, Hollywood execs. She was... What I loved about Marilyn is that she was this petite woman in a misogynistic culture, in a misogynistic industry, and in misogynistic politics, and declopped back. You know what I mean? Like, she fucking did that. Um... Yeah, she and she owns her sexuality and, and her power and her voice and, and that that is so powerful. Even as a gay man, just like idolizing her and looking up to her, I'm like, that is so it drives me to be creative and to be a boss bitch in this industry. Because this industry is so fucked. And I live in LA now, but it is still fucked. And she she has cultivated this new culture. And people are still obsessed with her till today. Um, but that's why I don't like the movie Blonde, because it does nothing to really show who Marilyn was and what impact Marilyn had on culture. Mic drop. But I hope everyone has an amazing 2023. (laughs) There will be more episodes coming out this year. That's a part of my creativity, creating more art, doing my thing, you know. Um, but yeah, I love you all for listening and for being on this ride of podcasting for about a year and a half to two years. Thank you so much. And go search about Marilyn Monroe. Go make some good resolutions, make some good choices, or make some naughty ones, you know? A little wink-wink. But, um, yeah, educate yourself on Marilyn if you don't know. Watch her movies. See see where, like, you know, see see where her drive came from, because she really is that baddie. But um, until then, next time, you know, I'll see you later. Bye. Talk to you later on Nana Tings.